Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in K-Pop. I'm sorry, I took a little break. My bad. It was Thanksgiving last week, um, but we're back and rolling. All right. We have some great episodes for you guys to end out the year. Please look forward to it. Okay. Um, so what have I been doing? Well, um, I did start another podcast. Um, got a chance to interview Amber Lou. Um, started the podcast with Dre and it's called In My Feels if you want to go check it out. Um, but we are here on Believe in K-Pop. And uh, what did I do this past week? Well, I went to see... Ace in Atlanta um, before I moved back to or before I moved to Seoul um, for two months. Um, I am in Atlanta for a month. So I flew back. Actually, I moved all my stuff and then flew back. And the day I got back within like five hours, I saw Ace in concert. So that was cool. Um, they were really good. And I was super hyped for Savage. Very hyped for Savage. Um, so yes, um, today on the podcast, we have the lovely Tamar Herman, who is gracing us with her presence as we talk about the craziest most recent magazine issue, um, where they talk about the art of the comeback, or uh, I guess it's more the art of teasers or te- leading up to the comeback, I should say. So there's a lot to it. And um, if you want to learn more about the craze and what they do, you can go to the crazemagazine.com where they post their articles that they have coming out all the time. And you can purchase one of their issues or all of their issues, whether it's a digital copy or a print copy. You can do that on the crazemagazine.com. And you can also follow them on Twitter and Instagram at crazemagazine. So that's with a K. All of that's with a K for craze. Tomorrow night, get down and already talking about it so uh thank y'all for listening um and if you want to join the discord chat that we have we are still a little quaint crew which i enjoy and appreciate everybody that it's in there um we're still a little quaint crew but if you want to join it you can dm me at e-m-i-h-a-y-d-e-l and uh please enjoy this podcast and uh we'll see y'all next week Here's the interview with Tamar. With the holidays just around the corner, now is the time to order holiday cards for family and friends. Only this year, why not create custom holiday photo cards quickly, easily, and affordably at simplytoimpress.com. Simplytoimpress.com is your holiday photo card headquarters with thousands of unique Christmas cards and other designs to choose from. All you do is upload your family photos, personalize the text, and you're done. Simplytoimpress.com prints your cards on your choice of premium card stock in just a few days and rushes them straight to your door. Maybe that's why the New York Times wire cutter named Simply to Impress their favorite photo card service. They even offer foil cards and hundreds of great holiday card designs for your business too. Place your order today to save 30% and get free shipping. Just enter promo code DEAL at checkout. Save big on holiday photo cards today using promo code DEAL at simplytoimpress.com. That's simply to impress.com. What's up, you guys? I am really excited about this guest. I always say I'm really excited about guests, but like I am very extremely excited because I never thought I'd get a chance to like interview you. Um, right now we have Tamar Herman on, um, an established journalist for a variety of publications. If you're listening to this, you probably already know who Tamar is, but um, she is someone since the very beginning. Um, 
I guess I'm acting like I've been a fan for like 12 years. I've been <laughs> a fan for only a year and a half. But um, your name um, and you're somebody who I've like followed throughout uh this whole K-pop journey for myself. So um, I'm really honored to be able to have you on. Um, so thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You make me sound so like cool. Um, I, very, I greatly appreciate it. I'm just a normal person. It's so funny. <laughs> You're I so know. Cute. I mean, and, and I like, and the thing is like, I, I get, I think the way we got connected, I originally like reached out to you through email, like way back. Oh no, I invited you to uh, this holiday festive thing and then not realizing oh I knew you were in New York but I was like oh she might be in LA at some point but the, anyway so <laughs> um yeah and then I reached out to you you gave me some advice um about how to navigate you know this whole k-pop career thing or whatever and then we met briefly at KCON LA and then we mm-hmm. met again um for a coffee in New York so um and I was definitely really nervous I was and I was freaking late as oh my gosh I was so late too I think uh, I was late also so don't worry Okay. Oh, yeah. I remember you were like, oh, I'm running a little. Okay. So, yeah, maybe I don't feel as bad. But it's really cool to be able to talk to you. Um, You know, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, you're like one of the, you're probably, yeah, you're one of the like most established, like, or the established um, journalists within the K-pop scene here in the U.S. So um, anyway, thank you again. Um, Long preamble. But today we, uh, the reason I reached out to you is because uh, on behalf of the craze, um, the magazine that's focus on cape or how you i should say as a whole um they just had their most recent issue come out in october and um the cover issue or the cover story was about comebacks and the art of the comeback and i figured there would be no other person that uh knows and has to keep tabs on comebacks more than you do tomorrow um and you've been a fan since was it 2007 or 2011 Oh, uh, it was 2008, but but I do have to say, I just kind of want to go back to what you were saying before. Like, there's a, there are a lot of different journalists out there. I just happen to be doing it, like, day to day. So I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to think that, like, I don't think that there are so many other really great K-pop journalists mm-hmm. out there. There's mm-hmm. so many people who are doing this, some more people than were doing this even, you know, two or three years ago. And it's been really an honor to work alongside a lot of them. Like, in New York, we have, like, our little K-pop concert going crew, which I never would have imagined, like, when I got oh. into K-pop 2008. So it's just mm-hmm. really, it's really lovely. Like, you make so many good um, acquaintances and friends through K-pop. I just think it's a really lovely thing. And definitely check out some of the other writers out there. You'll, you'll see their names yeah. if you start looking. I was about to start listing and then I was like, I'm going to miss somebody because I haven't had coffee yet because <laughs> I ran out of milk. So I just am not going to say anybody and then I won't miss anybody. Uh, but I know go. you've had, you know, you've had a few lie and Alexis mm-hmm. on this podcast. I don't know if you've had anyone else. Um, I don't actually listen to a whole lot of podcasts but I know that you had Lion Alexis recently and I did yeah. listen to theirs and they were really good. So definitely check them out and check out a lot of other people too. Uh, but I'm not going to say any names because I will mess up and <laughs> feel sad. Um, nobody will feel mad. I'll just feel sad that I'm a bad friend. But um, about comebacks, I guess I, back to the topic at hand, I became yeah, a fan yeah. around 2008, like peak Wonder Girls, uh, right before G from Girls' Generation. Um, so, like, pretty much Wonder Girls, Big Bang, Girls' Generation, Super Junior, TVSQ, uh, right before the debut of 21. Um, like, it was around that era. So, uh, like, Kara was really, really popular. Like, I do I, – I am a big uh, – I am a big casual fan of Kara. So, yesterday oh, – we're recording this podcast the day after Guhara's death and that 
that was yeah. pretty sad because Kara actually had some really, really great comebacks um, in this, in like the latter part of their career. And they just really, yeah, they did. They were great. I really love them, but um, comebacks themselves. I probably was first aware of as like an idea beyond, you know, I think most K-pop fans, even the most basic K-pop fans knows what teaser videos are and yeah. knows like what a promotional te- uh, promotional picture is so like the the first one that i really remember paying a whole lot of attention to which it can't possibly be because in, in it's a little late in my mind i guess it was maybe i don't know sorry i'm just rambling i guess the first one that really yeah, comes to my mind is um 21's debut so they actually had a a song with big bang before their debut and then they started mm-hmm. teasing imagery and the lead up and then they released two music videos so that was kind of you know a really cool bombastic way to arrive on the scene and I don't know if that was you know a come that wasn't a comeback so they weren't teasing anything but I remember thinking then oh this is probably going to get bigger this is going to be interesting like let's keep an eye on this and then slowly or, or I don't know if I wasn't aware of it or I wasn't really paying attention to it but probably um around Mr. Simple era Super Junior there was you know so much uh like like not anxiety but a lot of um anticipation so they were releasing okay. Super Junior's Mr. Simple's album had really intense artistry that like if you go and look at the pictures they're really like they're really vibrant and intense and like super super out of this like realm of what a normal person would wear and yeah and that had just come after they had back-to-back super uh like hits from super junior you had sorry sorry it's you bonamana and now they were following it up with mr simple and they followed it up with these these like big album looking packages like lp albums and each one had a different member on the cover and they were all hugely vibrant and i remember being so confused thinking how's anyone gonna buy all of these and now that that's just normal and I don't remember if it was normal before then that was the first time I remember being aware of it and at the time you know they were releasing a different teaser every day there was a lot of anticipation for it I think that's you know when it comes down to it the comeback is really two things the comeback is the creative elements itself like the art and the promotion of it Mm. and the performances that are going to go along with it and then there's the anticipation that's going to build because Mm. if you don't build that anticipation you're not gonna you know get attention you're not going to get advanced album sales you're not going to get pre-orders I do think personally and I know this was one like you sent me some uh, preliminary questions ahead of the interview to think about Mm. and this was something I was thinking about a lot like I think when it comes down to it so many not so many but the reason people do promote comebacks quite in this way nowadays is because first of all, you expand your life. Like you expand the longevity you're going to be talked about on social media. If you started before the album's released and that builds buzz. And in turn that pays off because, you know, maybe one more fan will pre-order an album or maybe people, Mm. even if there's not a lot of buzz, maybe your diehard fans will think, Oh, if we, promote these videos if we share these images more if we buy more albums maybe people will listen to these songs and I think the whole extended comeback process that we're seeing nowadays is really kind of a a result of this is where people are trying to expand the social media conversation where people are trying to gain more traction and turning that into commercial uh, profits I think that 
yeah, I guess that's where kind of my thoughts are of where the art of the mm. comeback lies. <laughs> and I think um, how you talked about the extended process, like um, right now, like EXO, well, like, we can get into EXO. <laughs> EXO like, always does this. teasers. Yeah, but like they, they have that extensive, or they, they're even still, or they, I guess they must have just finished it up where on the, yeah, they must have just finished it up, but because they're about to fully come back, I guess. But like, um, they're the the slow like releases of like the uh, obsession teasers. Mm-hmm. But then I think more extensive was Super M's like, uh, teaser schedule. Yeah. Like, and the multiple. I remember looking at that. I was like, I don't know how they like. I'm not trying to put that those calendar alerts on my phone. Like it's every five seconds. But like, um, I, I guess when you said like the you know it builds hype. One thing that obviously surprised people back in 2013 was when Beyonce just was like, you know what, here's an album <laughs> and a whole bunch of music videos to come along with it. Like, have fun um, kind of thing. I think she sort of did. She, well, I can't remember if she sort of did that with Lemonade or not, but she definitely did that with her that Beyonce album. I was thinking and wondering, do you think any K-pop group could ever do that where they're just like, no promotions, here you go. Like, and here's a bunch of content to come along with it. Like, do you think they that would ever be in uh, a, the case? Um, groups like BTS yeah, yeah, yeah. and Blackpink, and even maybe you know, uh, Got Seven, Monster X group, ATs, groups that have really popular followings in social media spaces, they can spread the message. Like the reason that Beyonce could do what she do, did, and whoever does drop music, you know, all of a sudden, it's because people are paying attention to them. If nobody's paying attention to you, there's no point in releasing a surprise album because who's going to listen to it? Mm. But groups that have really huge, sizable, active followings, like there's not a day where at least one of those groups, BTS, Monster X, God 7, XO, isn't yeah. trending something. You know, throwing the girl groups, mm-hmm. Blackpink, Luna, Red Velvet, well, not Luna, I guess, Blackpink, Red Velvet, mm-hmm. um, Twice. Like these are always trending. Mm-hmm. So they could do something like that just for the actual practicality of it that their fans will mm-hmm. see it, even if they're not, you know, the K-pop fandoms nowadays are very attuned to being up to date to the minute, partially because live streams are becoming so right, popular. Yeah. But right. I think that you really, to do a surprise release, you have to say, okay, well, we know the audience is there. It's really a confidence, a sign of confidence of an artist, I guess, that I can confirm that people will listen to this when I drop it. It will be an event. You know, you release something as a surprise because it's an event. BTS has kind of, I wouldn't say they're testing it out, but their more recent songs like the make it right. All three of those versions, three or there yeah. four, four, I there's four there's total, four total, the three uh-huh. releases that came out. So yeah. yeah. So the, the versions that came out, there was only maybe about 12 hours of, time before it became publicly known and before the song came out so Mm -hmm. that's pretty that's pretty short in this day and age except that you know army know in two minutes and the whole army knows but (laughs) that's pretty rare so someone like bts could do that and and it does look like they're maybe signaling towards it so i know every day i'm on edge around the time of midnight (laughs) in korea because i'm just like is this the day they're about to drop their album i'm so nervous um so Yeah, so I think somebody like that who has a big presence, who has the big audience, who has everything built in, because the audience is going to promote it, and then people, other people will hear it, and then other people will see it. The whole point of these comeback, you know, tricks, whatever they are, whether it's the long haul or the short haul, is to get attention. So you're not going to drop something 
just willy-nilly without trying to get attention. Like, I don't know if you're familiar, but in journalism, people often call Friday afternoon taking out the trash because that's when a lot of news floods because it's when people don't want people to be paying attention to the news because they know that uh, people are going to be going offline and people aren't going to be sitting at their desks, you know, just on Twitter and checking the news and stuff. And so a lot of breaking news, political news often happens Friday afternoons. So stay tuned to that. Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) I did not know that. Uh, Friday is both great because you're trying to leave and then it's just like, Oh, breaking news, but it's kind of breaking news. You can rely on to happen because it always happens Friday afternoons. Uh, Um, You're not really leaving. Yeah. I mean, nobody actually (laughs) leaves newsrooms ever. What is a life? Um, Um, Yeah. I'm acting as if I've worked in a newsroom in the past four years, but I haven't worked (laughs) in a newsroom since 2015. So, so then like when you're, when you are working and like, or, you know, I mean, I guess you're always on. First of all, question. Are you like always on your laptop? Yeah, I'm an addict. I have huge problems. I'm a crazy human being uh, for many reasons, not just because of this. But yeah, I work pretty much from I woke up. at. I don't always wake up at six. I just happened to go to gym class. But I woke up at six this morning and I don't expect to go to sleep until two. And majority of that time, I will be at least thinking, if not doing work actively at my desk. Oh my goodness. So like when you're, so when we met, we were at a coffee shop, like Mm -hmm. you're, you know, you said you're going to be doing work at your desk. This is also a side conversation, but, um, how I I figure, I mean, you've been doing it for, you know, for some time where like, you've probably gotten to, you know, yourself and you've gotten into a routine where like, if I'm at my apartment, which is a lot of the time, unfortunately, where like, I'm, I should be doing work. Like I get really distracted. I'm like, oh, well, I could lay on my couch and do work and then I fall asleep. Or like I can be like, oh, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of time when like no one's really on me, I guess, if that makes sense. But like uh, how do you how do you make sure that you're like productive and like not like because um, I feel I, like when you're at home, you feel like you're you're comfortable, if that makes sense. Uh, so, I mean, I do sit at a desk in my room, but I mm. don't actually – I'm not actually the most productive person. So even though I'm – thinking about work most of the time I'm probably not actually doing it like this is the first uh that's actually a lie I was doing some voting for a year and stuff so today is kind of weird but I do try to start working no later than around 10 because that's okay. already when news has come out and I mean k-pop news is always coming out so it doesn't really matter but I do often work until the night um I'm bad because I wake up early for appointments. Like I try scheduling, like I have a PT and gym classes I go to. So I try to go to them first thing, but then I get really tired because I go to sleep really late. So then I nap and it's this whole terrible cycle and I can't get myself out of it. <laughs> so it just keeps on happening. And so, and then I oversleep on the weekend because I'm catching, it's so bad. I'm such a mess, but I just kind of end no, up getting things not. done. I do, I do feel like I'm suffering a little bit more than I used to. And I feel like I'm, I'm embarrassing myself a little more because I haven't been able to write as well as I want to, because there's so much news nowadays, like getting back to the topic at hand, there is so much mm-hmm. content that even yeah. if I cover, you know, breaking news, all the music releases that are high profile, because there's so many times when I'm not covering something and I just ask my editor and they're just like, we cannot cover that like we don't have the capacity you don't have the capacity you need to not cover everything you can't possibly cover everything and it's good when my editors remind me of that because I really can't like I know right now I'm in my head I'm thinking oh I didn't cover x y and z and I need to do that but it, it's not the end of the world if I don't do that but it does feel like that in the moment and you know, never know you know if if that one fan who 
won't who won't know this band will maybe read your article or something i don't know i feel like that makes me sound like i have a huge ego uh but really i just think there's a lot of happen chance in the world and every and that's always something that's in the back of my head maybe because i have anxiety but i i do think a lot of the times these not just my articles but also the comeback teasers it's trying to make sure that you have your bases like loaded not to say a sports metaphor to you but you kind of are just trying um I guess maybe not bases loaded but I guess more like a military thing so that like you have all the ground covered um because you know there's so much content nowadays there's so much to write and there's so much to read like this morning I I I literally spent an hour and a half reading articles that I wanted to catch up on really so do you where do you tab these articles Uh, oh I oh I have tons of tabs open all the time right now I have you're like counting them (laughs) I have over 25 tabs open right now three of them are excel docs where I'm doing work and for voting and stuff three of them are documents that I have to write things in uh one of them just my google drive that doesn't need to be there Oh, no, that does need to be there, actually. That's for something. Um, <laughs> there's, like, you know, YouTube video of Kong Daniel's song that I have to write about later today. There's a few things right. I want to read. There's two V-Lives that I have up because I'm watching BTS run and another variety series right now, and I don't want to lose my episodes, so I just keep those tabs open. And <laughs> uh, my Google Doc, I have three different emails. Actually, I just delete. I just closed out of my Gmails because uh, people were texting me and it was distracting. So I usually have, I guess, thirty on this browser, and then I have another browser where I keep track of other things. Oh my Lanta! Um, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. Okay, but it's not but, good because um... I, I like get overwhelmed. So imagine the overwhelmingness of comebacks like teasers mm-hmm. and that's my life yeah and and it's yeah. terrible so <laughs> this is why you're the best person to talk to about this <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm probably like the worst person because i'm just like please stop <laughs> slow things down i i just i i do think i i don't know if it's because there's so much k-pop nowadays that that's why it feels kind of overwhelming or because we're getting so much you know technology but i do feel like when I was an early baby K-pop fan. Most of the comeback news I was getting was on Facebook. So it wasn't real time. When things weren't real time in social media, it was a little bit more helpful. But now, you know, I get notifications. I get a notification every yeah. time Sumbi posts an article. And it and, every, and it's so stressful because I have notifications on for a bunch of artists too. So sometimes I'll get the notification that, you know, BTS posted a teaser or Red Velvet posted a teaser or Blackpink posted a teaser or something. Wow. And then 10 minutes later, some people will be like, Red Velvet posted a teaser. I'm just like, oh no, this was a mistake. So I have probably most K-pop groups that, you know, we can expect to chart well on Billboard charts. So like within mm-hmm. the top five of mm-hmm. world albums, usually uh, I probably, yeah. I have them on notification which is a lot of groups so yeah <laughs> okay I once like had my notification like for it was like a week or so I had like notifications for uh billboard uh no it was soompy like a bunch of different just a bunch of different like k-pop outlets and things like that or like and like uh, I think yeah, like, omez and like uh balloon wanted mm-hmm. yeah they were like all turned on and I was getting these notifications and I on I was it was keeping me really up to date but my phone battery went like so yep. quick like do you yeah <laughs> I was like can relate my phone would be at five percent by yeah like by 12 p.m so like um so okay uh then you just you're just always like my phone's gonna die so you always have like an external charger kind of thing 
Yeah, I always have one on me. Uh, okay, got it, got it. Okay, so then I guess when it comes to these teasers and what you've seen, um, not that there's anything that, that's most effective, but something that you what what do you think is most necessary for a for teasing a comeback? Is it the the highlight uh, medley? Is it the you know the the concept photos of the individuals and then the group like and you know or is it like the music video teaser? Like what is the most you know uh, necessary um, do you think I don't know if my answer from a year ago would be what it is today but I'm not gonna lie I'm so overwhelmed by work right now that I don't actually pay attention to pretty much most teasers like if I see them it's like oh nice mm-hmm. um I don't really watch music video teasers nowadays just because they uh, ex- like sometimes they'll add something but I just figure you know I don't have time <laughs> like this sounds really terrible but in this day no. and age like honestly I don't think it's just you know this is my job but and so maybe I should be paying attention a little more to these teasers, but I have them, you know, listed in a calendar. So I'll be around, I'll be aware when they come out, but there's so yeah. much content. If I stop to, you know, spend time looking, Oh, I love the, how the eyeshadow is on this teaser of every single teaser, then I'll get really bogged <laughs> down in work. And that's not to say, as I was saying before, I distract myself all the time. So I definitely look at these things, but when it comes down to it, pretty much the only things like I'll scroll on Twitter maybe, and I'll see things, but otherwise it's really, I really only care about the music video teaser. Cause it kind of gives me a hint, okay. but, okay. but the problem is, is that music video teasers come out pretty much usually only the day before. So I may as well just wait for the music video. So I don't even bother watching those nowadays. I do sometimes when they have multiple teasers, then I'll go watch them because then usually there's some other element to them that they're promoting, like a storytelling element that has to do with the album. And I feel like, oh, maybe I'll miss something about the album when I'm writing about it because I didn't watch a teaser video or something. So often those ones I will pay more attention to because I feel like I have to. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really enjoy the, the comeback promotions as much as I think I used to because now I just see it mm-hmm. as trying to gain social media traction and there's already so much on social media I I kind of just wish that we didn't need it but I understand why companies do it and I understand why artists do it it's just it's just there's a lot <laughs> and you know when yeah and nowadays I I don't know what I don't know I don't know what makes things exciting nowadays to to person like me who follows a lot of k-pop acts because when you know when you're an individual k-pop fan you're following a certain group really closely and even if the most like multi-fans quote-unquote have a few groups that they really stand and then the rest that they're casually watching so i i like how go have dinner with people and they'll be like oh my gosh did you see this i i, I had this conversation about ATs's latest teasers you know where they had the like chain um like face covering and I hadn't seen it yet oh yeah that was that was epic but I hadn't seen it yet and they were so what do you mean you haven't seen I'm just like I don't know I have other stuff that I'm keeping an eye on and other things that I'm looking at and if I don't see it like if it doesn't show up on my Twitter I don't see it because even even for most things with notifications I don't go take a look because I'm just like there's too much I just look at my phone and make sure there's not breaking news and so so I just feel, I do feel like I'm missing some of the artistry because I'm so overwhelmed, which I don't think the average fan is because average fan is using this, you know, for entertainment purposes only. And, and for me, it's both. Um, and yeah. I have to kind of manage that. But I do think, I do think it's something really cool as a way for, for like the creative team that works on K-pop stuff to show their artistry because yeah. 
you know, the there's they're highlighting the parts of the songs in the highlight teaser that they want you to listen to. They're showing you the picture that they think highlights this member's focal point in this album the most or matches this creative concept the most. Like it's showing, I don't know, I think it's a nice way to make every single release an event. But mm-hmm. when every release is an event, you know, it's like, you know, you just want to stay in one day and go to sleep. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I wonder though, is it is it easier for you? So like you know, award shows are are coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, is that time of year like in you know kind of a break because no. there's not as there's really no okay. So no. So you're staying uh, obviously you you're staying up. You're watching the shows that like you have to because I know on Eastern Standard Time it's like five a.m. when they mm-hmm. come on. Uh, I don't I don't really watch so many. I only watch ones that I know I like okay. their performances from past years because honestly there's just too much. I don't watch a whole lot of performances nowadays like if it's going viral i'll see it but i i don't this is gonna sound really sad to anybody who's listening i don't have the time i i don't have the time to sit and enjoy k-pop nowadays like i used to because i'm messed up in my work ethic and i should be better about that but i like i'll have friends who text me about like my favorite groups and like did you see this video i'm like if you didn't send it to me i didn't see it i i didn't sit down to watch it like uh, uh right now i have um, just the page that I'm staring at as we talk is happens to be the YouTube video for uh, Kong Daniel's new song Touchin and like the back you know mm-hmm. where it shows you all the previews for other videos you should watch I'm looking and there's music videos that I have never seen because I didn't cover it and I just didn't take the time to watch it because I, I like have the album and I listen to it and I like the song a lot but I'm just like I don't have the time to do what I love so much anymore which kind of sucks and not to say that these comebacks are to blame because there's so much to blame, but when there's so much content, it's so, so hard to keep up in everything. And I don't know, like if you're familiar with NCT 127, they're doing, well, I know you're familiar, but listeners are familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure people are, but they're doing a, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this 24 hour relay cam that they're doing. Yeah. So they had the members, you know, for 24 hours, pass around a camera filming them and each one, took the camera for a certain amount of time and did activities with it. So each video isn't an hour. I thought that's what it was going to be. And I was like, wow, that's really intense. I thought it was going to be like live streaming. That was for, I thought they were going to live stream for 24 hour period. That's what I thought too. Yeah. And I thought that'd be really cool. SM, listen to this, do it. That's, that'd be really cool. (laughs) But, um, the 24 hour really cam is also really great because it's expanding their content throughout the day. And, you know, showing you the inner life of K-pop stars, as is filtered through this 24 hour Mm -hmm. cam which great except that it literally is coming out like a different video every other day and i just don't understand how any single fan whether unless you're the most diehard fan has the time for that i i guess people do sit on youtube you know for hours every day and watch different videos i'm not one of those people i'm always like engaged on on Twitter and emailing and talking to people over chat and stuff. So I don't just sit on YouTube. Like if I'm going to sit and watch something, it's probably going to be like a Netflix show while I'm cooking. So just the idea of sitting and watching, looking for YouTube videos to watch is really foreign to me, but I I guess that's probably not normal. I guess I think I'm probably a weirdo in this regard. No, you're not, but it makes sense. Like I remember I I asked you, I don't think it was over text or something like that, or I don't know. I asked you like, how do you, how do you make sure to ingest all of the content that is coming out? You know, you're saying like you're watching like, you know, BTS runs, you know, you know, NCT has their relay cams, uh, you know, during Super M they had their like 
dropping creation videos. Whenever I see those, I yeah. just like, oh my God, like just stop. Or like, you know, Mnet does a little show, whatever. But like, how are you making sure to ingest all of that? Like you were like, well, I do it while I'm eating or like, I don't. Yeah, really I eat. watch I, a lot of stuff while I'm eating. Right, right. And it's like, when was the last time you like watched something? Well, you said you watch a Netflix show to like, uh, while you're cooking. Like when was the last time you watched something for the pure joy of just like, it, this is doing nothing for my like career writing, but like this is just something I enjoy. Oh, I mean, like um, Saturday night, I watched like four hours of The Crown, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't K-pop. It wasn't K-pop associated, and I was actually trying to convince myself to do something. Uh, I organized a holiday gift exchange for a Facebook group I'm in, and mm-hmm. I don't know how to do a mail merge, so I've been trying to figure out how to do that for the past like two weeks because the other one I used to use is no longer working. The um, mail mer- a mail merge. Yeah, to like send the forms to each person to assign their matches of who they're gonna be like um, a secret oh, Santa to. Oh, Except oh. it's a it's a Jewish one for Hanukkah, so it's Mystery Maccabee, which I'm pretty proud of my alliteration. I really like alliteration. <laughs> um, like but yeah, so so I I was sitting there watching The Crown, trying to get this work done, but I was really just watching The Crown. But usually, yeah, I mean, I usually I just I kind of multitask my life away, which is probably really not good for me. Um, as like a person and brain power, I don't think people have that much. And that's probably why I always feel really tired. But I, I do, I, I mean, pretty much if I want to check out really, I have to go to a movie. I have to go to a movie or do an activity where I can't have my phone. So I just started taking Pilates and trying and like that way I don't look at my phone. I don't have the capacity to look at my phone. And so if anything's happening, um, I get really tense. Also, this is, I mean, I don't know why this wasn't my first thought. Um, I'm a, I'm an observant Jew. So like I observe Sabbath and on Sabbath for 25 hours from Friday night till Saturday, I don't use my phone. I don't use any electronics. So I actually tune out for a really long time each week. Okay. Uh, the problem there, the problem there is even though I'm relaxing and like I read a lot of stuff and I play a lot of games with friends and I have really delicious meals but the problem is is then I get really stressed about work that I'm missing so then the first thing I do is look at my phone and I feel like I'm an addict even more so than I already am Mm. I think it's just you know there's so much content because we're in the age of social media and my life and career are probably what happens when you don't have a good way of of separating everything do you need an assistant do you need an assistant because I'll do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i need a money for assistant oh yeah i feel um, you i feel you <laughs> i don't know i guess i i do sometimes think okay i'm gonna go watch this right now um but yeah usually i it's really it's gonna sound really sad but i schedule time to relax like i schedule time where i'm just gonna be like okay right now you're gonna watch the crown anyway yeah so okay so back to the teasers um we, you know, you said it's a lot. Um, one thing that, or one teaser era that everyone talks about that I didn't mm-hmm. experience was, you know, EXO's, uh, you know, their their debut teasers, I should say, um, mm-hmm. of the individuals and their powers and things like that. Um, what was it like experience, experiencing that? Um, is that like the most extensive like teaser, uh, like period that you've, or uh, I guess, debut teaser that you? I think it was because. Um, I think it's actually pretty normal nowadays, which is weird. I mean, not to that scale because people aren't usually world building, but Luna, <laughs> you know, is probably the right. 
Luna is the neck is the real one of this generation okay. that you could compare to EXO um, because EXO also released a few preview songs and then not the same era, but they actually released like these short, really, really bizarre um, like mini films yeah. about for Wolf mm-hmm. uh, that they never finished the storyline because members left. So mm-hmm. it's actually, I wonder if they like have these, the rest of the plot line in like SM's vault. I'm always very intrigued by that. Um, but yeah, EXO really revolutionized the idea of teasers because before then it was pretty stayed. It was pretty simple. You release comeback teasers, you release comeback images. Um, you let people know what was going on, what they should be preparing for. Here's what's going to happen. EXO, they prepared you for the event. They prepared you for the arrival of EXO. They told you about the storyline that's going to, bolster exo's presence they told you about like the world build like i am a really big fantasy nerd and and that's what most of these k-pop are doing now like creative narratives like luna exo txt bts uh stray kids sort of so stray kids yeah uh stray kids ats even ats is actually interesting because i think theirs is probably the least fluid um monster x has uh stray kids is pretty fluid in that not that they have a lot of reoccurring themes, but they don't actually have a whole lot of plot, mm-hmm. but that because they have reoccurring themes without the plot, they're able to expand on that plot even more. I could like go in a whole essay about this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, Monster X just completed part of their, their storyline. Yeah. Like they, they show you what had happened and caught us up to date yeah. uh, with how they ended up where they are right now. BTS, you know, has been doing this for so long that they've literally released a book. Yeah, because exactly. Of it. Uh, there's web series, there's web webtoons, everything. Like EXO has a comic book. Um, comic books and K-pop are actually pretty common. They didn't used to be tied into comebacks as much, but I remember BT. I remember before, like um, anybody was doing it of this generation. Like I remember Big uh, B, not BTS. Sorry, Beast had a com- web like a not webtoon it was a comic Mm -hmm. book series that came out based on them that sort of stuff helps you you know um every entertainer if you think of social media everything you're looking at social media whether they're your friends or an entertainer or somebody you're only seeing part of their life like you don't know anything anybody's not showing you people have to actively be showing you what's going on in their lives so you know when somebody is sharing that something's great happening when someone shares that something bad is happening that's a decision that person makes and your interpretation of it is a decision you make it's this whole dialogue that happens internally in a way and through these comeback teasers and sorry and through that like story if you apply that to k-pop the entire k-pop star's career is is like social media i know you know it's it's always a topic of conversation oh k-pop stars are manufactured k-pop stars aren't authentic but it's not that k-pop stars aren't authentic it's that k-pop stars are living the social media life and we all agree to that the k-pop k-pop fans know k-pop stars are real people at the end of the day a fan recognizes that in their head unless they're you know a sociopath and Sorry if anybody listening is a sociopath, <laughs> you should get that checked out. But we, we as fans and consumers know how K-pop operates. And we know that not everything that a K-pop star is saying is representative of every single element of a K-pop star's life. Like they're not, you know, telling us what they ate for dinner. They're not telling us, I mean, except when they do. 
You know, they're not telling us their drinking habits, except when they do. Yeah. They're not, you know, showing us their sad sides themselves, except when they do. Their smiles are social. Like, they're, everything about them is social media. It's just living, walking, breathing social media instead of an Instagram feed. This sounds really terrible, but it's actually, you know, the easiest way, I think, to make people understand K-pop without resorting to tropes of K-pop's evil. They are also inauthentic. It's just that the idea of a public face is far more accepted in K-pop than it is in our entertainment industry where people are expected to be real humans. And if you're Mm -hmm. not like, heaven forbid, you're not a real person, except whenever anybody is a real person, you get canceled a thousand percent. So K-pop stars are just kind of putting that layer between yourself and your public image a little bit more thick, like, like it's thicker, mm-hmm, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right. I'm just rambling. No, sorry. no, and it makes sense. It makes but, yeah, but uh-huh. go ahead. Oh, so, so I was going to say, so everything that leads into that person and who they are as a celebrity ties into that image of what we think of them. So the comebacks really add to that. And they depict in our head what these stars are trying to show us right now. Um, and so I think they're really important. And so EXO's back to the question, EXO's debut teasers. First of all, they they upped the ante so much. By the time that EXO debuted, they had such a huge fandom. Like it was, it was iconic. Like literally, they just were, you know, oh, we're here, and it's like, and so are all of our. We called them exotics mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what their fan, we thought they were going to be right. called, but then they were named XOL later. Mm-hmm. So that happened. But um, there were just so many fans from the get-go because they had spent this time teasing them and showing you who they are. And they showed you, you know, not through any variety show, because I know then SM for NCT, they had SM rookies on Disney, uh, was the Mickey Mouse Club. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of groups do go on, variety shows prior to their debut but exo didn't exo they introduced the idea of them they introduced their superpowers they introduced some melodies that would be featured on albums in the future even i think one or two songs didn't come out for several years if i remember correctly from their teasers um they just you know they really sold you on this idea of these men as exo they are these you know, everybody, everybody knew, you know, these guys aren't aliens coming from another planet, mm-hmm. two moons, like, and, and there was nobody, there was no, everybody kind of went into it knowing this is all marketing. And at the same time, though, you know, they, they still use those logos for merch. So, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know them off the top of my head, but I know my friend bought, you know, a Dio ring and it had a certain shape and she could tell the difference between a, like a Suho ring or something. Uh, And so these, they use these teasers to put into your head. This is this member, his power, his, his um, logo, his, his like colors, what he's going to do. And not everybody's, you know, not everybody's position in the group matched. It's not like, Oh, you have fire. So you're, I don't know, a fiery dancer or something. <laughs> that sounds really weird. But but it did put these images in our head. You know, Kai is a dancer. He's dancing in almost in so many of the teasers. Lei also had a lot, like, focus on dancing. Some of them didn't have focus on dancing. The singers didn't have focus on mm-hmm. dancing in their teasers. They, they kind of told you the story of who this group they want you to perceive yeah. is. And then over the years, you know, now we know who this group is and who their music is and what they are. But these teasers always kind of show you what 
they want you to think about when you think of this group. So I still, to this day, when I think of EXO, I do think of their storyline. And I think how, of, of how, I think about how it could have been such a really good world building experience, but SM always drops the ball on these things. Come on, SM. <laughs> um, but I, I think some like Luna, you know, is an experience of, and BTS and TXT because BTS and TXT, like a uh, big hit is whoever is doing big hits world building is a genius. Mm. Um, Luna, you know, is they had a story and they were telling it and they let you know, you know, everybody's corresponding color, everybody's mm. corresponding animal, everybody's corresponding themes that they were dealing with. You got those through their long haul. And so EXO kind of really reinvigorated the teaser theory. Mm-hmm. So I know this article is on comeback, the art of the mm-hmm. comeback, but it's really kind of on the art of mm-hmm. teasers more. And I think that teasers nowadays are the story you're trying to tell, the things you're trying to associate with your artists. Yeah, it is oftentimes because most companies don't have big budgets. Most artists don't have big budgets. It just turns into, you know, a few videos, highlight, reel, here's some pretty pictures, maybe a calendar, maybe some other stuff. But when it's done really well and really high quality, which doesn't, it doesn't need to cost a lot. It just depends on what their team is like, I guess. Um, you really get some, you really elevate the art. And that's kind of why I hate that I don't have enough time for it. But because I do feel, you know, I don't feel I'm as connected with this newer generation of K-pop stars because I'm not spending the time learning them through, not only through, you know, actual appearances of them on variety shows and stuff and watching live streams or whatever, but I'm also not getting to follow their artistic journey that they want us to perceive their their musical mm-hmm. concepts mm-hmm. through. So somebody like a group like Vix, who everything for Vix was concept. Yeah. Every single thing was concept. There wasn't a song that wasn't tied into a concept, whatever it was. And so not paying attention to their concept teasers, you just get surprised. That's not the same thing for every, every other group. So for some groups, it's, you know, just nice. And for some groups, it's really important mm. and part of the story of who they are as an artist. That's interesting. And I think there's something really cool about that. Yeah. And so EXO essentially, I don't know, I wouldn't say they started it because I might not be familiar, but they definitely, they made an event out of teasers. And since then, teasers have really slowly slowly and then rapidly 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 teasers became an event in the k-pop world and now if you're not doing it it probably means that you don't have a good social media person because they're not pushing for that i see i wonder if like like uh how bap had their sort of teaser thing and um they had a couple of them had their pre they had a i think it was um zello and and yeah, Young like, had, and yeah, they had their the that song together, the unit song, and then yeah, <laughs> and then they had their pre debut show, ta-da! And then mm-hmm. I, I, like I I wonder like those kinds of shows are like even like Stray Kids survival show how they had mm-hmm. you know uh, it was a well they're two different kinds of shows but like that's almost sort of like a teaser to the group if you will yeah of course yeah, um, yeah I mean I I didn't say it. I, I wanted to, but I wasn't really sure how to phrase it. Cause I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a mom baby. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, you know, sitting there in every single flying around the country to go to every single one sex concert. Is that what makes you a mom baby? I don't know, <laughs> but I wouldn't consider myself a mom baby, but I do like mom sex. And a lot of that is because I watched their variety yeah. show. And because I've watched their survival show, I remember being, I like wrote an article that I have since I think like deleted 
about how I felt really upset by the final lineup. Like I was just like, what are you doing putting Young One in here? Sharp Gun should have made it. Ah, yeah. As like a person who is now invested in the industry, I recognize why they didn't do that. And like the decision was definitely a top down one. Why is that? And I love Monster X's. I mean, Sharp Gun isn't somebody who really works in a group. And they showed that throughout the show. But again, it could have just been editing. But I mean, they brought in IM and it's halfway through and they were like, oh, you're like competition. And just like, oh, this is so shady. Uh, We should have known Mnet was shady then. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I mean, I think Monster X's show really, I I remember so fondly some of the songs that they were performed i like still remember i'm a really big fan of keon mm. and i remember that he sang um jonghyun's cover mm. of isay alafuera mm. and I, I still have his version of it on my computer like i listen to it all the time I, I have this connection because i watch this survival show and teasers do that so even if you aren't you know a big fan you still look at a teaser and you still get an idea of what this artist is trying to tell you that they are in this moment of their career mm. So sometimes when I don't know what I want to write about a song or something, I go and spend a few minutes looking at their teasers and taking a look at what they were doing and what they were highlighting from their album medley, because it tells you what they want to be seen as. And then I get to decide and interpret, oh, do I want to see them that way too? Uh And so these, they're really like, um, you know, a lens to look at these artists for. And of course, like I said at the very start of this episode and a few times since, like it's really a way to build buzz and to hopefully gain attention and like build some sort of hopeful profit for the companies off of it. Like they're not spending the money, time and money on these just because they're pointless. Yeah, It's not just for the fans as nice as they are and how nice they make them be. But you know, if you trend on Twitter, you're probably going to get more attention for your song when it's out. That's true. That's very the, the, the problem is, is sometimes it backfires. So, you know, um, I don't, it's like kind of embarrassing, I think, at this point. Like, if I were SO, I would be embarrassed by this. They keep on having music videos delayed. And, you know, when you're teasing, it's going to come out at this time. If it's not ready, what the hell are you teasing it for? <laughs> so, whatever the reason is, like, Maybe you should make sure it's ready before you make the calendar. Right. I don't know. Um, so that's something that I think the industry, like, and it happens rare, more rarely for other companies because usually they're not as, you know, SM has so many acts. That's what mm. I think it is, tends to be. It's like, I think they just have too many. You know, when you're putting out 700 NCT videos every day, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. It's just as a person who understands how content creation works, like I can imagine that their poor video team is like, please, no more videos. Yeah. So when you have, I don't know, I mean, whoever is doing their music videos or whatever, like it, it seems to be a problem on their end. Mm. Or, you know, they're just trying. Oh, so this is my actual point. So they trend worldwide. And then they're when it's annoyed because people are waiting for it. And then when the song is actually released, fans don't care about trending anymore because it's there. So you miss the opportunity to trend the song when mm-hmm. it's actually out and just makes people upset. And this has now happened. I can think of two instances that ha- this happened for, um, for NCT and Super Junior recently. And and fans were just like, this is so dumb. We can't, like, we're not trending for the actual release. We're trending for our annoyance. <laughs> and that's so stupid. Like, there were all these conversations about, why well, can't, like, we, we don't, like, the energy that most, because most songs don't trend unless it's like, 
twice exo bts nct maybe um because there's just so much so fans are you know they usually aren't hashtagging and using the name unless it's somebody like who's big yeah uh because it won't trend but these groups they know they can trend so they do trend those those were instances where people were typing, hey, where's the NCT 127 video? Where's the Super Junior video? So it was just like, they weren't even using hashtags. It just happened by accident because people were, oh. you know, bad. And so it was kind of a weird moment where you saw what happens where when a teaser doesn't go right. What happens when you can't follow through? Mm. You know, what happens when the promised content isn't there at the right time. Why are you, you know, even bother teasing right. sort of, it's like releasing a movie trailer and then having to delay it. it. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, when something comes out, it comes out. But, and I don't, I mean, personally, mm-hmm. I don't care, right. but I'm sure people in the company cared and I'm sure, you know, the fans cared. And so if you're promising that something will be out, then it kind of looks messy when it's yeah. not. And yeah. that's one that's like one danger, I guess, of these teasers. But I think, you know, it the, the benefit outweighs where you are building hype. You are telling people, this is what's coming. Be prepared. And I'm sure, you know, fans sometimes see teasers and think, oh, this is really cool album art. I'm going to go buy the album. Because I've heard people say, oh, I'm not going to pre-order until I can see the teaser art. Because how do I know which, like, copy yeah. I want? How do I know which version yeah. I want? So that's pretty common nowadays. But I think, um, yeah, it used to... It used to not be, you know, an ordeal. And I think, I don't know. I think it's great that it is an ordeal, but I also think it is. Um, it's hard to hard to keep up and it's hard to keep the promises of like, because sometimes you'll see people, oh, I saw the teaser and I didn't realize it would sound anything like yeah. this. And th- that's usually intentional. But what happens if you, people start feeling like it's not even intentional, you're just trying to lie to us or mm. something. Like, I don't think that'll be how fans mm. react. But what if that were to be something that would happen? Like, because I can't predict what fans' reactions to things are going to be that well. Um, but like, what do you do when people start getting tired of this? Is something I'm always thinking about. But I guess the average fan isn't getting tired of it because this is their entertainment. That's true. So, so I mean, I know my rea- my relationship with teasers is very different because I. I very rarely get excited to be like, oh my gosh, a new teaser is here. It does happen. Um, it does happen quite a bit, but it, it doesn't happen for every single group and every single day. And most days I'm just like, oh no, more teasers. Like even <laughs> like BTS and Super M, who I'm usually writing about their teasers. I'm just like, oh no, there's more I have to write about, but they look so good. It's okay. Um, it happens all the time. Like uh, Red Velvet's little roller coasters for their recent yeah. album series like their little theme yeah. parks like i spent so long being like oh this is this is related to this song and this is related oh. to this era and this is so cute but the problem is, is i'm spending time going oh it's so cute i love yeah. theme parks and i love this concept i love everything about it um but you're spending time and you're spending effort and you're you know invested in this stuff and it's great it's really good from a company perspective like i think they really figured out how to share you know, everything about K-pop nowadays is sharing more content. So like, what is the point of the 24-hour relay? It's sharing more content so that fans are engaged more. And like, we're trying to keep your eyes peeled to us always. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before and people didn't like it. Um, but that is the point of K-pop nowadays. You know, people say, even even not K-pop, I was told by someone who works on Instagram, Tamara, you're not updating enough. I said, oh, I update like a few times a week to my feed. You need to update your feed once a day. Mm-hmm. So what are you talking about? I don't take enough pictures. She said, 
for someone to gain optimal engagement on Instagram, you have to post once a day. And I just was staring at her. I was like, I don't like enough of the world looks, how enough of the world looks to take pictures and post it (laughs) on my Instagram. And I don't have enough fun things happening in my life to do that. And she was just like, okay, well, that was my tip. And that's what K-pop stars are doing. They're trying to keep your attention so that you're always showing up, you know, on the feed of your life. Interesting. And these comebacks, these comebacks do it. Because you have the teasers, you have the song, then you have the promotion period that lasts way too long and for too many days and these poor stars are run like ragged yeah but there is something to it because there's so much content you know even once you get we know we've been talking about comebacks but we talked about only really teasers but when you get past the release there's not only the actual performances on music shows but there's also you know the fan cams Mm -hmm. and then those fan cams are going to get gift and then they're going to go viral and then we're going to try to make a a video go to one million on twitter like it's such it's such a content creation wheel nowadays and they're and it's so smart it's so great it's so good you know for a company perspective and a consumer perspective to keep people engaged and fans like to be engaged so there's nothing wrong with it i don't think you know i really don't think there's anything wrong with it except that i'm tired (laughs) but um there's so much for this reason it's really to try to keep fans engaged keep them you know anticipating to raise the anticipation mm-hmm. i think that com- comebacks are really great but it <laughs> yes exhausting but sorry to anybody listening to this is like wow tomorrow needs to go take a nap i do need to go take a nap <laughs> i promise i'm not actually like this tired out by k-pop the day that i don't want to watch a teaser video or don't want to watch a music video is when the day i quit mm-hmm. or die right. um <laughs> But, but it is like, sometimes I just like, I just miss the days where I get really like, I remember reacting to certain music videos when I was really much younger. And now I'm sitting there like analyzing like, oh, this is such good lighting. And I'm like, mm. oh no, I just want to sit there flailing again. I miss, I miss flailing. Miss flailing tomorrow. And um, yeah, completely. Uh, I mean, I still fangirl. Uh-oh. I just don't. I'm just not as loud. Uh, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. No, I get, and I, I think it's interesting the way, you, you know, I'm going to like try to do that with my feet now. I'm going to be like, okay, I got to keep people engaged. Um, even though I like, like yourself, I don't have that much interesting stuff going on. So it's like, I don't know how to be creative with it, but I don't know. This person wasn't like, they don't work social media for Instagram. They just work at Instagram. So I don't know if it was like really real, but it was, it was an interesting tip because you know, you do want people to be engaged, but I'm just sitting here like my life is not that interesting. I don't really care about you being all that engaged in my life. I just want to share the parts of my life I want yeah. to share. Like that's my I don't know, that's my approach to everything. Like I'm not interesting. So I'm just gonna show what I think might be interest of interest to other people. Cause I know I said this to a friend the other day who's a writer also, but a fiction mm. writer. And I said, You're not writing your story for anybody else. You're writing your story sorry, you're you are writing your story for everybody else. You're not putting your thoughts down to words uh for other people not to read unless it's a diary. Because if you're writing something, the goal of it, I mean, or like a to-do list, the, the goal of it is for someone else to look at it. You wouldn't be taking those thoughts out of your head and spending the time and effort and putting them to words if you don't want people to see them. And I remember that had to do with comebacks. Sorry, I ramble all the time. Sorry, anybody listening. Please. No, you're fine. You're fine. This is good. I guess it depends on like, sometimes it's like, like you're saying, like with, with idols, it's like, it's their job. 
um, to be a walking mm-hmm. social media, I guess. Um, except for when you don't know about it. That's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I didn't, like, at first when you were explaining, I was like, what? And then I, now I think about it. Yeah, you're right. Like, it is like a walking social media, um, sort of. But I think. Sorry, it's just like in my head it makes sense because I love these stars and I love what they do and I love the music they put, but I know it's not their whole selves. Like I don't expect, you know, when something good or bad comes out about a star, I'm usually pretty resigned about it because I understand that I'm not knowing anything. I mean, I don't know anything. I don't know everything about everybody I know in my own life. Like how am I supposed to know these people who I only see this one facet of, but they, on like a personal, but that's the way that they approach their whole life. Like they're curating, you know, and it is curation, you know, you're curating. I mean, they, you know, they figure out how they smile. Mm-hmm. They figure out what's the best outfit to wear. They figure out, it's like they're an, inf- in, uh, sorry. It's, I mean, I guess that's why people always talk about how is, how are celebrities and influencers blending nowadays and, you know, K-pop stars are the original influencers or not original. That would be like, I don't know. <laughs> no but it is it is blending uh and it's an odd blend when you're like i don't know if i'm talking like uh, how, when do you classify yourself as celebrity or you know after or like in terms of like when do you like and, oh. well you two i mean like as a public figure or celebrity like what where does the line or influencer like where does that come in all those lines and where do they draw but i think that um that's an interesting conversation to go into later on too but i think i want to thank you for taking the time to uh kind of break this down for me because there's like no yeah. <laughs> no but really though and i think um you know, clarifying, I mean, I, I called it the art of the comeback, but it's really the art of the teasers and the anticipation. So um, thank you, Tamar, for taking the time out. Um, hopefully this is the first of many interviews we can do together. Um, but if you guys uh, want to find Tamar, where can people find you or the most easily find your work and you as well? Uh, you can find the majority of my work at mm-hmm. billboard.com. And you can find me at social media at Tamar Writes. Nice. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, you guys can uh, DM me at E-M-I-H-A-Y-D-E-L if you have any topics that you want to go over. But until next week, we will see you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.